Hi, I'm Sarah Jenner, Executive Director of Mindful Employer Canada, and this is another episode of Noble Leaders Having No Bull Conversations. I'm here today with Rhea Coach Carey, a motivational speaker and life coach that empowers individuals to tap into their hidden confidence. Rhea, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm super grateful to be here. Oh, good. Well, we're so excited to have you. And I really want to ask, what led you to become a life coach and a motivational speaker? Great question. So I think I've always been someone who my mom would call consciously aware. Mm -hmm. And throughout my life, that has led me down many different paths and many different scenarios and encounters, all really, really great. And I was doing events for about 10 years, Mm -hmm. and I started to feel very unfulfilled. And like, I know there's more, there's something else I'd be doing, my tools aren't being, just, you know, not feeling at my best. Mm -hmm. And I majored in psychology in university, and one day I heard about coaching. And I'd kind of like around 25 when I started to feel unfulfilled, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do psychiatry or counseling or therapy. The usual go-tos for a psychology major. Which all great, but felt very black and white. And Mm -hmm. I feel as though I thrive in the gray area. Mm -hmm. So when I heard about coaching, I was like, oh, so I can still help people while I get to be me. So I can bring laughter to the table. I can um, interact with them in the way that I see fit mm-hmm. while still having a method to the madness with the practice from my education or even having my sessions outside or in the park or on a walk. Like truly for me, it's all about where my client feels most comfortable mm-hmm. that absolutely makes it easy to do coaching wherever. And so when I heard about coaching, I was like, this is me and I can help people. I can bring my skills to the table. I can feel that fulfillment that I had been searching for. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like still giving yourself so much autonomy to follow your passions and be able to kind of like zig and zag yeah. rather than being stuck in this very specific position that doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for myself, I know that I don't work well mm-hmm. with that and I've never really had a nine to five. I just, you can't put me in a box. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when I heard that I could, it's as long as these things are met, the rest is up for each person to do on their own. And I knew that that would be how I could thrive because there's a million coaches, but there's only one Raya. Yeah. And for me, that was like, okay, I can be me and hopefully that'll prevail. And so far it led me to you. Yeah. And <laughs> so I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So when I first saw Raya speak was actually at an event, the Atelier Collective, And when she was speaking, not only were you talking about building our confidence, which we'll definitely tap into a little bit later, but what really resonated with me was when you were talking about having growth conversations, Mm -hmm. because I know with us, that's what we really focus on at Mindful Employer Canada is how do we support people, leaders to have conversations with their staff where they're not shaming or blaming or making people feel sick or weak, but instead focusing on um, positives and solutions and very like the future of an Mm -hmm. employee. Um, so I really wanted to ask you, how do you as a leader, how would a leader bring in growth conversations Mm -hmm. with staff? Mm -hmm. Also a great question. I think for me, that has been something that's always been embedded Mm -hmm. in me as a, as a child, my father would always say to me, come to me with solutions, not problems. And I'd always be like, uh, 
I don't understand what, what does that, that means. mean. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, there's a problem. So I don't get it. You're the adult. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? And now that I'm an adult, yes. well, adulting, yeah. um, I realized that that's my mantra. Mm-hmm. Why focus on this, on the problems when it dwells and keeps you in that same mindset? You can't yeah. solve the problem with the exact same mindset that potentially led you there. Mm-hmm. So take a step back, look at things objectively and focus on solutions. For example, and this is an example I always give when I talk about this, but if you're late to a meeting, you can sit there and stress and mm-hmm. freak out and not honor that person's time. Or you could email that person, text that person, call that person and say, hey, this is what's happening. What works best for you? Okay. And most of the time people are like, no problem. Or, you know, let's reschedule or this yeah. and that. So at least th- you give them the choice mm-hmm. and you can solve it. Maybe not completely fix it, but it's resolved in a way where everyone's still on like a positive place. So I think bringing it back to the workplace, it's a matter of giving those employees and people that work for you a choice. Mm-hmm. So rather than being like, this is what I, this is what your growth is going to look like. You could say, I really love and see how good you are over here. I see there's potential for growth here. Tell me what you think. And I want to support you. Mm-hmm. Then that person is like, Whoa, they've noticed how good I am at this. First of all, yeah. second. Okay. True. I do have some room for improvement here. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. And when you hit them with the positive first and then a little bit of negative, it's way easier to absorb the negative. Yes. Right. And then when you give them the choice, they're like, Oh my God they care yeah they want to hear me yeah and then they're in a space where they actually are thinking about their growth Mm -hmm. rather than thinking about everything else that comes with when a employee or sorry employer comes with like a negative energy yeah like the performance management piece yeah yeah nobody likes to be micromanaged and I think that term gets used a little too much Mm -hmm. but there is something to say about a manager or employer or boss not giving you the choice mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it causes more work for them too for sure so you can give them some and help them grow and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out and there's steps to take for that mm-hmm. but why make it more stressful for everybody else in the meantime yeah and i think those conversations can really empower your staff to feel comfortable coming to you in the future uh, not with problems, but with <laughs> solutions, absolutely, right? That absolutely. They're not afraid of, oh my God, if I approach my leader mm-hmm. with this, they're going to reprimand me or it's going to cost me a possible promotion in the future. It's absolutely. The, that idea of now your leader can see you coming up with solutions and mm-hmm. that's going to build the trust that they absolutely. have in you too. And it's meeting the employer where they're at. Mm-hmm. I think it has to, has to go both ways. I think the employer sometimes has to meet people where they're at and I think the other people need to meet the employer where they're at as well and both parties are going through very different things Mm -hmm. the employer has you know execs and board of directors to answer to and stuff like that whereas the employee's got everything else going on too and their manager and this and their direct report and all that and I think that the scare tactic or the scare culture Mm -hmm. is really what hinders a lot of people and actually keeps them from actually having that growth conversation because then even if they make efforts to have the growth conversation everyone's too scared that they just sit there i've seen offices you know be like great open hours come talk about anything nobody goes no because they don't trust you right of course not because you before in a meeting maybe two years ago reprimanded them in front of their coworkers, and now they're like how can you guarantee that won't happen to me again? Absolutely, which is totally warranted. Mm-hmm. And then how do you tackle that 
and rebuilding that relationship. Yeah. So I think no matter where, what environment you're in, it's people relationships. Mm-hmm. And how can we all do better and then from there grow? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in repairing those relationships that were damaged, because we as individuals can grow, mm-hmm. that we could have been in a bad situation, a negative mind frame at one time, and really broken some right. relationships. But right. that, that doesn't mean they have to stay broken forever. Being humble enough as a leader to stand up and say, listen, I know this is what happened before. I believe I can do better as a leader and I want to do better. Yes. And let's talk about how I can support you more. Yes. Call it out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I'm human too. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, yeah. but I'm willing to hear and learn as long as there is a, a respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only thing anyone can ever ask for. I have, I've coached some CEOs and COOs and my biggest thing is come back to the level of humility mm-hmm. instead of them looking at you as a ceo they can look at you as michael yeah or whatever <clears throat> and then it's like okay you're human mm-hmm. you're also going through stuff you also have a home life you also have a social life you also yeah. have struggles that i'm not even aware of and then that way when you're creating more of that humility and, and meeting people on a human level with love and respect if you open up office hours, people will show up. Yeah. And then that's when you can have the really awesome growth conversations and, and get feedback. The other thing I've noticed too is that people are fearful of their ideas being stolen. Yeah. But look at Google. Here. Here's this awesome environment. We will support you. We will invest. We will this, this, this. Nobody leaves that office. People that work at Google, especially the really, really big and flagship offices yeah. that have like ping pong tables and movie theaters and full catering covered mm-hmm. all these things your worker your people stay there all day they don't leave no why because it's a good environment they know their ideas are supported they encourage them to work on a side hustle mm-hmm. and look at i imagine their turnover rate is very small yes people don't loyal, leave right because they it's that environment you spend so much time at work so when you can walk into an environment where you feel like i am supported to thrive here why wouldn't you want to yes. go every day? And then you're that much more productive on your on the yeah. actual stuff. So let's say at Google your work takes four hours, then you have how four hours or more to work on your side hustle yeah. that they are supporting. Yeah. Who wouldn't thrive? <laughs> I'm like, damn, maybe I should work at Google. I know that business model sounds like it would fail, yeah, but I'm it's like, really succeeding. It's so successful. Yeah. More people should adopt that. Um, and I think also having separate growth conversations with management teams, director teams, and higher-ups within teams, but then also all together. Yes. So everyone's on the same page. Yes. Everyone knows what's valued, what the direction is. Yes. That's so important. I think we see that fractured. I know in the psychological health and safety sector, we see that fracture sometimes where organizations really want to bring in the national standard to support psych health and safety. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way, it's just not making its way through. And I think it's often because you have a lead, a CEO who says, this is important to me. But then those conversations aren't had with other management systems yeah. and levels. 
And so everyone's kind of just doing their own thing mm-hmm. and it doesn't trickle its way down to mm-hmm. throughout all the staff. And exactly. so they're like so surprised when they're like, we said we would do this and we've made these changes, but our culture is the same. And, and it's nothing like, happened. Yes, and it's like, yeah. well, that's because it never left that boardroom. Yes. And the people over here never even heard it or even know that it's being worked on. Mm-hmm. Or your employees got the memo and they're like, okay, great, but nothing no is action. changing. Right. Yeah, which is so frustrating. So frustrating. I can only imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, I also wanted to touch on with leaders. I mean, having confidence as a leader is so important. We hear it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but having that confidence is a struggle sometimes. And I know for me, walking into an event um, or work event specifically, and then I know I'm in there with all these amazing individuals who I have seen before and I've heard of and I've read their stuff. And I am like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, who am I to be here at this event? Um, And that imposter syndrome takes over. And then it's kind of like you're sitting back just being there, watching things happen, but you're not engaging in what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so how do you build that confidence to take that leap, to remind yourself how worthy you are of being there and to really be a part of an event or or a situation like that. Absolutely. I think the first part, the imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. is a small bit of it is totally natural and totally a good thing. I think humility being humble. Yeah. Being like, okay, there are people smarter than me in this Mm -hmm. room. Great. How can I learn? Yeah. So I think the imposter syndrome can serve you when it's from a learning and growth aspect Mm -hmm. or perspective. Whereas obviously it's gonna hinder you if you're like, well, I'm not gonna say anything or share any of my ideas because well, I don't really think that I'm on the same caliber as these people. That's gonna hinder you. Yeah, for sure. And confidence is a very tricky thing and I've done a lot of research and spent a lot of time working on it and I still don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I still have tons to learn. But the number one thing is that it's different for everybody. And how it shows up is different for everybody and how everybody maintains it and refuels it, all different. Mm-hmm. So what works for me may, may not work for you, it may not work for the other person. And that leads me to my other point about confidence is that it's also about self-care. Yes. And that's what I talk about a lot in my confidence talk is building your toolbox. So what are the things that help you feel at your best consistently? Mm-hmm. Put those in your toolbox and so that whenever you're having one of those moments, you can just dip into it and it's readily accessible. Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of the times, like for that exact same example you used, people have that moment of panic. Yes. And then it's like, scramble, don't know, sweating, <laughs> leaving, not going to say anything. Yeah. And then that experience didn't go the way people had wanted it mm-hmm. to or the way it could have. And then they have regrets, right? Tons of regret, overthinking it, upset, yeah. not going to connect with any of those super people. Mm-hmm. Or, again, from a growth mindset, okay, how can I learn? Or if you're having that moment, be like, okay, my toolbox. When I'm in this moment, I know what will work for me is mm-hmm. listening to my favorite song. Mm-hmm. So before, or excuse yourself. Yeah. If everyone's just getting there and it's awkward and every single person's a CEO or, or what have you, go to the washroom for a moment. Mm-hmm. Put your headphones in for one second, put your favorite song on, and 90% of the time that is going to refuel you. Yeah. Maybe dance around in the basalt for a minute. Literally, I've done this. Yeah. Like all the time, anyone... <laughs> anyone who's seen any of my stuff like you saw me at Atelier the first thing I did was walk on the stage I'm dancing I loved that there was a DJ there it was so empowering I'm literally never not dancing why because it makes people laugh it 
brings up other people's energy and brings up my own. And that is, I would say, one of the biggest tools in terms of stepping into a meeting is figuring out what your tool is so that in that moment you know exactly what to do mm-hmm. rather than having that moment of panic, which will then make it worse. Yeah. As well as maintaining your confidence consistently. I think that people have this notion that I only need confidence when I'm in a scenario where I don't feel confident, Mm -hmm. which is kind of backwards. And I would say that that's kind of very similar to how mental health used to be tackled. Yeah. Oh, you're having an episode. Okay. We'll do all this now and then you're, and then we'll buy and then we'll, and we'll deal with it next time. Yeah. They don't focus on prevention. Prevention. Yeah. And that's why it needs to be consistent steps every single day. Mm -hmm. Same with confidence. So if you're building and adding things into your toolbox and using them and implementing them consistently, you're going to be more equipped and more confident so that next time you walk into that room, you might have a moment, but you'll probably be able to persevere and push through it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really big on people building their toolboxes so that it's accessible. I love that idea of a toolbox. I was talking with some independent professionals recently at a roundtable, and we were saying, you know, what is the thing that when you're down builds you up? And I know for me, for a long time, before I would go facilitate a conversation or a training program, I always had those moments of like, you are very young. What are you doing here? These people are probably going to question your expertise. Um, And so for me, my go-to was Beyonce's Lemonade album. On the way there, just listening to that. And it really would completely change my frame of mind. Right. Um, And someone else who was at the table said they received a really beautiful letter from a client that told them, all the ways they positively impacted them and how grateful they were. And so they would literally keep this letter with them in their briefcase so that at any moment, if they had, they were just down or they needed that boost, they'd take it out and read it and feel so energized. Like that I think is totally something that I do. I read stuff from clients Mm -hmm. or even testimony, not even testimonials, but just something that they did or when people see me they're like i put stuff in my toolbox or create my toolbox i'm like oh yes. my god yeah there's no better feeling yeah and as you were talking about beyonce in my head i'm thinking of her new album from coachella yes and i'm singing my favorite song on repeat it's before i let you go <laughs> dancing what a now. great program <laughs> that netflix special oh my gosh i could watch so that fantastic. i could watch that before any yes. speaking engagement and just get fired up yeah even just like a five minute clip and you're like you got this because she's exuding all of the confidence Mm -hmm. and then when you think about her backstory and how hard she worked to get there and the ups and downs and how Mm -hmm. she made that boss deal selling it to netflix i'm just like oh you're such a powerhouse (laughs) and now i'm a powerhouse yes I too can be like you. Beyonce. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Downloaded. Yeah. Initiate. <laughs> it's fantastic though, and hopefully she'll hear this one day and know one the positive impact. It's happening. She's it's had in the us. ether. Yeah. <laughs> We've thrown it out there. Mm-hmm. So talking about embracing our own confidence and bringing that to the table, how do we create a safe space to really help our employees feel confident? in the workspace. So I know we were talking a little bit about Google, um, but how do we help our employees take those leaps without the fear of, well, first of all, I mean, failure is such a huge fear for everyone. Of course. Um, But also the fear of like, what are my coworkers going to think of me if I say this? If I put my hand up and say something, is my boss going to think I'm an idiot? Mm -hmm. Are they going to question how I got to this position? Mm -hmm. Um, How do we make them feel confident just taking that leap? think that 
there's a big difference between culture and morale. Mm-hmm. And you can have a company culture that looks good from the outside yeah. or is typically noted as a good culture, but you could have a very different morale. Mm-hmm. And when I think of culture, I think of statistically and historically what has worked or how things typically go. Yeah. And morale, I feel, is more how do people right here, right now, interact with each other and mm. feel about it? Yeah. And very different things, right? And I feel as though the best way to give and help people build that confidence within the workplace is to build the morale. Mm -hmm. And so when I do a lot of corporate wellness and workshops, these are people who've worked with you sometimes for years. So you've known that person who sits next to you for a year and you don't know what they go through or what their struggle is every single day. Of course, I'm not saying, yay, we want to know about everyone's struggle, but it's true. Mm -hmm. In order to have more of that humility, that compassion, that respect, you need to know what somebody's going through. And the first thing I do when I start any of my workshop is I do a bit of an icebreaker and I ask everyone the same three questions and have them go around the room. And the first is, tell me a little bit about yourself. And typically people will say one or two points, they work there, what they do, something like that. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's really not even the question that I'm really going yeah, for. It's just like, there as a I'm filler. Just warming you yeah. up. <laughs> it's like the bun before yeah. I get to the burger, right? And then the second question is, tell me one thing you're proud of. Mm. And the third is one thing you feel as though you can improve upon. Okay. The third question is most important. Okay. They're, the second two are both very important, but proud of because then it puts people in like a prideful moment mm-hmm. and speaking on something that makes them feel alive, makes mm-hmm. them feel good. And then people naturally feel that around them. So, again, you might not ever know that that person is proud of graduating top of their class at some crazy program that has nothing to do with what they're working in. Yeah. That's a cool thing to know about somebody you spend every day with. Mm -hmm. Then what they can improve upon, and this one is important because you often, I often find that a lot of people talk on the same thing. So I'll go around the room and I'll be like, oh, okay, so 90% of you said very similar things about what you can improve upon, and that can always boil down to confidence. Yeah. So sometimes it'll start off slow, you know, mm-hmm. someone will say balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Someone will say anger management. Someone will say setting better boundaries. I want to know the person who said anger management. <laughs> that would be so, in, like, in, especially if you're in a group of your colleagues yeah. and they have the confidence yeah. to really step up and it's say happened you a know few what? times i get angry sometimes and to be co- to be fair it's happened a few times and every single time it resonated with other people yeah. and they're like yeah like i get really angry if i met myself or yeah. this or frustrated with this scenario when it's not even a big deal or whatever yeah. it is and i'm always like okay and so then after we do that and go around the whole room you can feel the morale mm-hmm. and the room shift and i call it out and i go how does it feel now now knowing you know more about this person who you work every day with and then it's like okay you know what I wasn't going to do that assignment because it's um Dan's job Mm -hmm. but since I know that he has five kids at home and takes it 30 you know three trains to get here every morning you know what I'm going to go that extra 10 minute for this because I respect him as a human Mm -hmm. and as a colleague if you don't have that extra little bit it's really hard to build the morale and if you don't know their story harder so once you build the morale you can build the confidence and the support and the network that then can provide that big culture of growth but i think it starts really down here from building the morale mm-hmm. and just letting everyone know we're human you're not just an employee number you have other passions that you're going to follow outside of this work <laughs> that matter 
absolutely yeah and that you're gonna have struggles outside of work that's for sure gonna impact how you work here mm-hmm. and so let's embrace that as a group yeah let's, let's support each other yeah. and the best cultures i've seen te- teams are teams who support each other mm-hmm. and genuinely know things about each other you don't have to be best friends you don't have to hang out every weekend but when you show up to work support each other mm-hmm. and is that really too much to ask for yes if you don't know each other no if you've taken the time that's why i like staff retreats and corporate wellness because it, it's able to remove those barriers and those blocks that divide us mm-hmm. and bring us on the same page we're all here for a similar reason money yeah <laughs> survival <laughs> survival yeah. probably because i have some form of an interest in the workplace yeah. or job or whatever it is they're doing in a shared goal yeah and so if all of these are not aligned then it's gonna be impossible to have growth conversations and if they are aligned then people are more confident to speak up and be and support each other and stand up self-advocate advocate mm-hmm. for others which then as long as the person who's at the top or the mediator between them then that's when they can grow because that person hears oh, okay this team has told me that you know they don't like how the management paperwork is mm-hmm. or whatever it may be yeah if that person goes wow i'm really happy that the team who i trust who is loyal who works hard for me has brought this to my attention let's see how we can work together to fix it magic yeah but if that person who's the superior is like ah, eh, well this is how we've always done it and it's gonna yes. work it's you've not in them. the budget to make yeah. these changes you've lost yeah. them yeah. and then everyone will leave and you'll get a new round and it'll keep happening mm-hmm. probably every six to six months to a year yeah and then eventually someone's going to notice and they're going to look to you and say what is going on why like, is your retention a negative yeah, <laughs> absolutely that conversation reminded me of um i remember my first job out of post-secondary school mm-hmm. it was like it was at a car rental company and it was a rental company that really promoted, Hey, you can get to management very quickly. And I was very new into like the working world, the career world. I'd always had part-time jobs, but you never felt like in as invested in it as you do after school. I find. And, um, what? I'm a real human. I know I have to pay taxes and such now. (laughs) Um, so I remember my manager, really putting us down so much and there were three individuals who kind of worked in the same level as me one had been hired two weeks before me there was Mm -hmm. me and then there was another individual who was hired a couple weeks after me and I still to this day was horrified by the way our manager talked to us that in front of clients if we were trying to work out because we're working with legal documents and Mm -hmm. so if there was a question we had and we said hey could you come assist us on this she would walk in front of us brush us aside and say, go sit down. I'll handle the rest of this in front of a customer. And so you're like, oh my God, I feel like such an idiot right now. How do, how is this not sticking in my brain yet? Or constantly telling us how expendable we are and that Mm -hmm. a new employee could come in so quickly. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting hired onto the job that has led me to this one Mm -hmm. just before my three months at this car rental company. And the anxiety that was released was so huge knowing Mm -hmm. I don't have to go into that environment but then later I came to find out that this manager who was so harsh with us and really used that fear tactic with us would go to their quarterly meetings and her and her her co-workers would have to stand up in front of one another and talk about their numbers and 
they would be reprimanded in front of their colleagues and shamed. And so, of course, they're going to come back and feel like this is how we now treat. It transcends. It is so crazy. And then I remember coming to this new job that was like the most amazing environment, so supportive, Mm -hmm. so focused on growth. Um, And I remember my boss saying to me, you know what? you might find a new opportunity one day and you'll want to take it and I'll be so excited for you because I'll know that I helped you get there and I'm going to support you to get there one day. And it was just like, oh, I'm like, who been? is this person? <laughs> you exist. Yeah. <laughs> Do I trust you? Like, are you one day going to snap at yeah, me? Yeah, you're like, am never. I punked? What's yeah, happening? Yeah, it was so crazy, <laughs> but never ever snapped to me. And I have to say that work relationship turned into such a friendship and to this day we don't work in the same business Mm -hmm. but we'll go and work in the same office because we just value one another our opinions really support one another we have one another's back um and that is just the most amazing thing i've experienced Mm -hmm. in a workplace it's really interesting because you touched on a couple of good points when you were sharing that and one hurt people hurt people yes fear transcends yeah and you don't and you need to know where people are coming from because mm-hmm. even in that moment had you worked there had you known what she was going through it could have given you a little bit more compassion yeah in terms of how she was treating you absolutely um even though it still wasn't fair or right yeah still there could have been more of a level of compassion because mm-hmm. well that's how she's being treated so of I course know. she's treating us like this it makes sense mm-hmm. um not only that but you have this anxiety and didn't want to go in. Yeah. So think about all the people who are in these workspaces that are demotivating, disempowering them, shaming them, and they don't want to go to work, but they have to and get up every day because of livelihood. Yes. And then think about what that does and how that plays a role in their mental. It just beats us down. I remember having anxiety attacks, Mm -hmm. like being at home and just feeling so alone and isolated Mm -hmm. and just not even wanting to think about having to go exactly. in the next and day. And that's why I'm focusing on mental health and being a support for mm-hmm. staff and employees and stuff like what you're doing is so important because yeah. that's not how people will thrive. No. So if everybody's anxious and dreading going in there, there's the pro- productivity has gone down, mm-hmm. the morale has gone down, and it's actually more costly for the company to have to pay for mental health leave yeah. or sick days and decrease productivity. Mm-hmm. Or you could do stuff like workshops, corporate wellness, mindful, all these things. There's so many options now. There are. That could literally cost you a little bit in the beginning, but save you millions in the long term. The benefits are so huge. Think like for those big companies like banks and commercial real estate, stuff like that, the amount they have to pay on mental health leave Mm -hmm. is astronomical. I know for sure that that could be cut down significantly if more things like this were put into place and growth conversations and empowering your people. I'm big on, I majored in psychology and I'm big on positive and negative reinforcement. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you need, yes, you can't sugarcoat everything. No. But you don't have to put somebody down. You can easily say, like in the beginning, you're doing really great over here. There could be some room for improvement here. Mm -hmm. How do we work together to help you get yeah, absolutely. That could be the regular standard for a conversation in a corporate setting rather than, well, you did really bad, so now I'm going to tell everybody, and I thought you were going to do this, you didn't do that, so now you're on probation or whatever it yeah. is. But in it's three all- months, we'll discuss this again. Yeah. yeah, and now you won't get your benefits and you won't get that promotion. You like, <sighs> It's so 
manipulative. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No, not at all. And it's, and I find as a customer going into banks, you can feel it. Like I've had friends Mm -hmm. who've worked in that sector before. And so I've heard the pressure that's on them, the having to sell specific things. And it really makes them question their values daily because sometimes they know, hey, I know this individual doesn't need this particular thing, but I have to make so many a month. And so my job's on the line. Mm -hmm. And as I think as a customer, you go in there knowing this is happening, you lose trust in the bank itself. Mm -hmm. And you as a customer are like, oh my God, I feel anxiety being in here. Of course. Which is why like usually right to the ATM and out of there, just you feel for the employees and the pressure they're under. Yes. I do believe there is a good a good amount of pressure and or stress to an extent and it can empower you Yes. when you're stressed and it's in a positive way, you know, it releases more blood to the brain. Mm-hmm. You're passionate, these sorts of things. Otherwise it can hinder you, make you feel lethargic, yeah. not want to do anything overwhelmed. So we just need to give people like set them up for success. Yes. I, I truly thought slash feel like that's what the whole purpose is of these superiors and CEOs and directors Mm. is to empower your team so that you can relax more and you know things are running efficiently. Yeah. Super simple. Wouldn't that be ideal? Wouldn't everybody (laughs) be happier? Wouldn't every CEO want that? (laughs) It sounds great to me, right? So I guess me and you are just going to change the world. Yeah, that's our our five-year plan. (laughs) Changing the world. Smart goals. (laughs) Yeah, going forward. Rhea, I just wanted to say it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. I loved this conversation. I feel like I have so many takeaways as a leader myself to help build my own confidence, but also to support individuals in building their confidence too and helping them thrive in their work environment. Thank you so much for having me too. And I really agree that the more we have these conversations, the less taboo they can Mm -hmm. become and the more literally we can all learn and grow together. Absolutely. Thanks so much. I love those closing notes that you gave. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for listening. And this is another episode of Noble Leaders Having Noble Conversations.